people don't argue about tea. You don't have fights over tea. But people will fight over beer. <laughs> it's something that's... I don't know what it is about it, but people get really political about beer. Beer is, beer is political. Uh, uh, and that's... Yeah, I think that's a really fun, fun aspect of beer. People care about it. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Some producers want their product to go far afield, to make a mark beyond their own region, nationally, perhaps even internationally. Doug Brook from East Bendigo Brewing Company isn't interested in that. He wants to make beer for his local community and offer a point of difference for visitors to the region. A home brewer from way back, he has a corporate engineering background but left to do his own thing. The path to small business manufacturing success isn't smooth, but he loves the independence, the industry, and the way it keeps him anchored in his hometown. Yeah, so I'm Doug Brook, and I'm the owner, part owner of uh, Brooks Beer and the East Bendigo Brewing Company, as we're now known. We make beer, so we've been making beer here for about seven years now. Um, we make a range of beers, so primarily for our drinking, the local drinking market. So we want to connect with what locals are interested in drinking. I don't think you can really build a business if you don't. Uh, so, and, and hopefully we've got a range of beers that everyone finds some, some interest and acceptance of. Doug always loved beer. He liked making beer. He also knew that corporate life wasn't going to hold him forever. My, my history, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I worked most of my career, my professional career in big, big companies. I worked for BP for 20 years and Shell and Qantas at various times, but I just... So I'm not, I'm not, I'm a home brewer, like that's, that's my, my origin. Um, I've got an engineering qualification, so I'm pretty familiar with machinery and, uh, you know, moving things at an industrial scale. Um, so that a lot of it come, does come fairly naturally. But I just had a, I was aware all through my professional career that I would reach a point where I just didn't want to work in a big company anymore. And the longer you do it, the more it became apparent to me that, those are just not fun places to be when you're in your 40s or older. Don't get me wrong, I had great fun when I was in 20s and 30s, worked all around the world, they paid me a shitload of money. But as I got older, I just wanted to do my own thing and this seemed to be one of those, you know, I had enough passion for it. You know, if you're a business owner, you've got to have that because you're going to run into rough times. You're going to be times when you want to crawl under a table and cry. (laughs) And what gets you out of that is, is that, you know, reminding yourself why you're in it and that you do actually like it and you can work through those issues and you know, build something from it. So I was you know, smart enough to know I had to have some passion to do what I wanted to do and uh, eventually got the opportunity to make, you know, it was the right time to leave work professionally, had some money to get it started, so jumped in and, and did it. And I, think, I think like a lot of business owners, small business owners in particular, if you said to them, if you looked them in the eye and said, if you know now what you knew at the start, would you have gone ahead? And I, I think we wouldn't. I think it's actually it's a necessary part of starting a business that you actually have to be a bit naive about all, all the issues. If you knew too much, you just wouldn't take a risk. Humans and beer. It's a long love affair that dates all the way back to the start of agriculture and human settlement. The thing I really like about beer is that it is it is so intimately connected with our culture right back to the very start of when humans stopped um, being hunter-gatherers and actually built a house 
And, and there's a lot of evidence to say that the reason why we build a house is to do with beer. Because as soon as you plant a crop, uh, you're planting it in the expectation you'll have a harvest. And if you just leave it and walk away, it's going to get eaten. And um, and so the two, the two things, bread and bread and beer, are the things that historically we think are the reasons why people st- first started building houses and, 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 and growing crops. So I love that it's been with us all this time. And, uh, and I think for me that I, a, I owe it a bit of respect for that. Uh, I also like that it's constantly evolving. Um, some of the areas it's evolving into I'm not so, not so pleased with. Uh, but, but, but I think when it's done with integrity, uh, it's done with respect for the traditions of it, I think we can be sort of temporary custodians of this, of this really long tradition that's been with it. So deeply ingrained in our culture. So I like that part of it. I like also the beer. Beer is a, um, a gregarious sort of beverage. It's something it's, you share a beer with a mate or at a social occasion. It's sort of bound up with uh, a social occasion. And unlike wine, which wine can actually dominate a, a food experience where you need to, I don't know if you do it the right way, you have to be able to describe everything that you, you can find in that glass. Whereas beer, it's much less like that. It's much more egalitarian. It's more about, not so much about the beer, it's about the company you're with and what you're doing at, at the time. So, you know, people don't share a wine at the footy, but they will share a beer together. Um, I, guess that's, I guess the third thing I'd say about beer is that people don't argue about tea. You don't have fights over tea, but people will fight over beer. <laughs> it's something that's, I don't know what it is about it, but people get really political about beer. Beer is, beer is political. Uh, uh, and that's, yeah, I think that's a really fun, fun aspect of beer. People care about it. Is a small brewer always a craft brewer? And does it matter anyway? If we're asked, I'd probably say we're an independent brewer rather than a craft brewer. Yeah, and I think it's a really hard thing to define what a, what a craft brewer actually is. If you look at things like the Brewers Association in America, the, their definitions keep changing. Um, it's not, not annually, but almost an annual process. And it, it seems to be related to size. So um, I, I haven't looked in the last 12 months what how big you have to be to be considered a craft brewer in America. But some of them... Uh, huge businesses like Sierra Nevada might they might brew 50 million barrels a year of, of beer. Uh, so size is one dimension. In Australia, they've tended to define it as, as ownership. So um, not having not having a uh, direct ownership by any of the the major brewing companies in the around the world. Um, but there is, you know, there's something yet as yet I think undefined about what craft brewing or independent brewing means. It's, it's I don't know, it's small, it's connected to the community, um, it's certainly independent. Um, there's, you know, I think, I, think that, I think there still is a bit of a spirit associated with it, certainly on, not so much on the sales side, but certainly on the production side. The, the relationships are always pretty collegiate. You know, people will help one another out. If you've got a technical question, you can always ring a, uh, you know, your neighbouring brewer and ask them to nut things out. There are you know, really helpful forums around for help people troubleshoot issues. and So there's that sort of collegiate... You know, we're all in this together kind of spirit that goes along with it as well. I, yeah, as a independent brewer, I probably have the least adventurous tastes of anyone out there. Yeah, um, I, I like a pale ale. It's sort of you know, not too much alcohol. It's uh, got plenty of flavour, and it pretty much suits me down to the ground. Uh, I'll, I'll experiment at the margins, but I'm pretty much pretty much the world's most boring beer drinker. Bendigo is on Jar Jar Warang and Tungarung land, 
It's a large regional town in Victoria of about 100,000 people. It's also one of UNESCO's cities of gastronomy. It's such a rich eating and drinking area with exceptional local producers represented in the town's eateries, pubs and at the farmers markets. Yeah, I think, I think Bendigo for a number of years now, particularly you know, the guys in the tourism, have made a very conscious choice that they want Bendigo to be less about its history and past as a gold mining town and more about as a, a food destination. So that's the way the region's promoted. And certainly there are people within the um, hospitality area that are doing an outstanding job in promoting the regional uh, regional produce, including our, our beers. Uh, and you know, Bendigo's spoiled for choice for places to go and enjoy a, a meal in good company at a very high standard. Uh, and I think you know, all those people working together have created that sort of environment and culture here. But certainly from, from a venue perspective, uh, they certainly acknowledge us as, as local. Uh, many venues are either exclusively local beverage, men, beverage beverage selections or predominantly local, and that's that's increasing. I could, you know, could say though, it took. We've been here for seven years. I reckon it probably took us a couple of years to really um, build credibility amongst the, the hospitality operators. But when it did happen. Um, it kind of came on really strong. So we've enjoyed at least five of those seven years with really, really strong local support. And funnily enough, that is not an unusual story for, from breweries. I know many, many breweries who say, like, say exactly the same thing. It's like, you've got to go somewhere else to be famous. And when you are, you can come home and the locals will love you. But you can't just automatically assume that's going to happen overnight. I don't know if it's just a beer thing, but it's, it's a very common story that I run across time and time again from people. As a business and a group of people hanging out together, you need to enjoy it. So that has, to, that has to be fun. From a like from a consumer experience, we, we need to make our beer fun. I don't think we could be successful as a business if we didn't offer offer people a regular reason to come back and keep trying our beers and try something that's a bit different and fun. So that's why we do our special release beers, is to, to reward reward them, reward people, reward ourselves and the people by doing something fun, and also give people who may not have experienced our beers recently a chance to come back and try something fresh from the start. Our, our beers are available uh, pretty much everywhere I think you can find in Bendigo, any licensed bottle shop or, or restaurant. Um, in fact, we distribute all the way down through to, to Ballarat, so anything on the way from there, Castlemaine, Dalesford, Ballarat, Bendigo, you can find our beers in most of the prominent bottle shops. East Bendigo Brewing Company has a classic range of lagers and ales, but they also innovate constantly. They keep their community engaged with options like barrel-aged beer and one with a name that even Doug finds hard to say. I think we brew seven beers that we make all year, all year round. So and they range from, we do a, like a standard draft style lager. We do our American Pale Ale, which is my favourite. We do an IPA, which is an India Pale Ale, which uh, also quite like. It's got a very hoppy kind of kind of beer. We do a, we do a Bendigo Pale Ale, which is... Um, it's a little sort of more middle of the road style, style pale ale, not quite as hoppy as our American. We do an extra pale ale. You know, extra pale ale means a pale ale with something a bit extra. So it's a little bit higher in alcohol. Uh, we try to do something cool with the colour, so it's a really intense orange colour. And it's got a bit more hops than a, still a normal pale ale. So we call it an extra pale ale. Um, we, do, we do a range of special releases as well. So we've just released a... It's a beer with a weird name. We couldn't think of a better one, so it's just called hashtag EBBCDDHIPA. 
which means it's the East Bendigo Brewing Company double dry hopped Imperial Pale Ale. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> we couldn't do, we couldn't think of a better one. <laughs> um, and in barrels in the brewery at the moment, we've got our, our winter release coming up, which is an Imperial Stout uh, aged in rum, bar- rum barrels. So that is going to be that's going to be really special. It's had about six months in barrels now. It needs about another three months, um, but it's going to be a, like an intense dark beer, rum and wood kind of experience. It's going to blow your socks off. Cans are cool again. New technology means they keep beer fresher, they're more efficient in terms of handling and shipping, and they're great for artwork too. The perception of cans was once that they were, that's what cheap beer came in. Um, I think what's changed is firstly the can technology has improved a lot. So uh, from our perspective, dissolved oxygen is what destroys beer and even in minute levels so down to uh, I don't know 20 or 30 parts per, per billion will will make a beer stale um, and the issue with cans is you've got that large you know that's large lid area so the filling technology needs to be able to deal with exposing that large lid area to to oxygen without it being about picked up being, being picked up in the actual beer itself and the way that's handled in canning uh, operations has improved dramatically to the point where Canning canned beer actually has a better life, better shelf life, because of reduced oxygen pickup in the process than, than bottled beer. Um, so that's one aspect. The other, the other aspect is, is actually pretty interesting. Is well, to me anyway, is that is how you drink the beer. So people have often complained that canned beer didn't taste it differently, and it's actually not the can itself. It's, it's you pour you pour a bottled beer and a canned beer into a glass and then experience them both together in a glass. You won't be able to pick a difference. But when you hold a metallic can close to your, close to your nose, so you're smelling the aluminium and you're tasting the beer and together you're going, your brain is going, tastes metallic. So um, I, th- I think just the way people drink beer, people are more, nowadays I think more inclined to pour a beer into a glass. And so that aluminium issue, the metallic issue has kind of disappeared as well. From a, from a manufacturer's point of, point of view, the... Um, the volumetric size, so a carton of cans is half the cubic volume of a case of beer, and it's half the weight. So it means we can be much more efficient in the way we move beer around in terms of physically handling the stuff. Gee, I, I don't ever want to pick up another bo- case of bottles again in, in my life because <laughs> cans are just so much easier to handle. A visual impact too, they can, um, uh, you can put a lot more graphic artwork on a can than you can a bottle. And the last thing is that a lot of bottle shops have realised that if you restack your shelves to accommodate cans, you can get a lot more beer and a lot more range, a lot more product through a, a can uh, through a fridge that's um, stacked for, for for cans as well. So I think the retailers and the producers and the consumers are all together seeing their own advantages in a can. That this all together is driving a much greater acceptance of a, of the product in the market. Well, cans just just go round and round forever. Um, uh, bottles. They can do the same. Um, there are there's issues with the top though. So the top, once you open a bottle, the top is separate from it and goes somewhere else. Whereas a can, uh, the tab's designed so that it all stays as an integral unit. Uh, but I think you know, I think they're both recyclable. They both go around forever. And so it's unlike a plastic bottle, for example, it's going to probably not have the same sort of recycle life cycle. The pandemic upended life for many food producers, but Doug's view on it is quite surprising. I think the highlight of our journey so far was was actually going through COVID. You know, the, the COVID experience just 
devastated our business. We were in the pubs were shut. About half our sales were, were um, uh, keg sales. And so we went, we lost that instantly overnight. And then there's not a lot of prospect of, you know, not a lot of certainty anyway about when we might actually get that back. Um, and, and I've got to say, had it not been for jobs, JobKeeper at that point in time, we wouldn't, we wouldn't still be here. So through that experience, I, des- I decided we are not going to come out of this the same way we went in. And that is to say, uh, we're not going to limp away back to, a, to some sort of normal situation where we just recover what we had when, we, when the whole thing hit us. And where that, where, where that led us is to into a partnership with, uh, with Roy, who's uh, our, our new partner and a new, new, a new business name. So that's where East Bendigo Brewing Company came from. Um, but it's cemented in, this, in, in a new partnership that we formed through that. And that's allowed us to rebrand, move all our product into cans, uh, have a much, more, uh, much, much greater ability to focus on the market because we're now a bigger team. Uh, Roy has had 20 years in the, in the, um, at the sales end of, of uh, brewing and we've not, only, we've not only got back everything we lost through COVID, we've doubled and we know we'll double again this year. So we are on a really exciting journey of, uh, of growth that you know, fr- quite frankly it wouldn't have happened had we not had COVID. It's, it's weird how it's worked. It's, you know, at the time it was a disaster but now it's probably the best thing that's ever happened for us. I'd love to tell you all the places that you can get East Bendigo Brewing Company's beer, but I'll keep it simple and tell you that you basically have to go to the region itself. Doug Brook loves baking a local beer for local people and for the people who visit the region. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.